Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Phil Yancey once said, If prayer stands as the place where God and human beings meet, then I must learn about prayer. Most of my struggles in the Christian life circle around the same two themes, why God doesn't act the way we want God to, and why I don't act the way God wants me to. Prayer is the precise point where those themes converge. Prayer is needed today as never before. I say that again, as never before. We watch a world at the limits of human ingenuity, and the only hope we have is not in this world, it's in God. We watch a world unfold that borders on the dystopian, not utopian. A world where, if we are not careful, it will be every man for himself. A survival of the fittest, dog-eat-dog, lord-of-the-flies kind of world. And we simply cannot permit that to happen as children of the light. And through God, we have the authority and the power to bring down strongholds. Prayer is our weapon in this realm. The gateway to the impossible, the bridge across a terrifying chasm, the only possible lifeline to pull us out of this quicksand is the power of God we find in prayer. Robert Benson once wrote, I am increasingly convinced that if the church is to live and actually be alive, one of the reasons, maybe the most important and maybe the only reason, will be because we have taken up our place in the line of the generations of the faithful who came before us. It will be because we pray the prayer that Christ himself prayed when he walked among us and now longs to pray through us. It will be because we choose to no longer be among the ones who silence the prayer that Christ, through his body, prays to the Father. Yes, that is the power that will sustain the church for all time. There has to be a continuous wave of prayer that sweeps through this world. And it's our turn to say it each day. We've got to pray without ceasing. There are six things you need to know about prayer, and I want to share those with you today. And I hope you enjoy this on Daily Devotion as we wrap up a week on the theme of prayer. I hope this week you've been drawn to a closet of prayer and you've been drawn closer to God. To be a child of God means we pray. It's standard equipment on the chassis of Christianity. A believer without prayer is like a food truck with no food. You may as well take down the sign, fold up shop, and go home. Prayer should be prioritized in our life for several different reasons. First, because God's Word instructs us to pray. Matthew 5, we're to pray for those who persecute us. Romans 12, We are to be faithful in prayer. Philippians 4, worry about nothing, but pray about everything. 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. 
In James 1, here's a great reason. We pray God answers. Another reason we should pray, Jesus prayed often. I mean, need anything more be said? If he prayed often, how much more do you and I need to pray? Another reason is that we communicate with God through our prayers, that prayer is more than just saying, it is hearing. And finally, another great reason to pray is when we pray, God gives the victory. God's word is very clear about it. There are promises in scripture given to those who pray. And as I went through and reviewed all of the passages of scripture, there are six things that I believe you should know about prayer. And I think this is a great way to wrap up these several thoughts on prayer. Jesus prayed. Now I want to stop and think about that again. Jesus prayed. The God incarnate, God made flesh, God made man, Jesus prayed. And by so doing, he indicates to me and you the importance of prayer in our lives. At key moments in his ministry, the most difficult points of his earthly life, he prayed. Now, we recognize Jesus is, of course, in a league of his own, a league that consists of one and only one. But he bids us to pray. He encourages us to pray. He commands us to pray. And he gives several general promises regarding prayer. Two of the promises were at the beginning of his ministry, and these are found in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus promised, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That private prayers turn into public victories. What a promise from God. He also promised in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. Again, how powerful is that? But the remainder of the promises are found at the close of the Lord's ministry. In fact, they're found within the last few days and hours of his ministry. When Jesus knew his time was short and every word counted, he wanted to make certain that he gave them exactly what they needed to know about prayer. Six things they needed to know. So here is where we are in the timeline of Jesus Christ. He has sharply crossed swords with religious leaders. The countdown to Calvary has begun. And here the Lord begins to speak to his disciples. The first promise is the power of agreement in Matthew 18. He said, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. This is the power of agreement that if we agree one with another, it shall be done. He gives the reason for that. For when two of you pray, there are really three praying. I'm there in the midst of them. We may doubt our prayers, but when Jesus joins in praying with us, there is power. What a powerful thing to know about prayer, that of agreement. Here's the second powerful thing you need to know. 
is the worth of faith. In Mark 11, Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, the second promise involving the worth of faith was given when Jesus was en route to Jerusalem. Do you remember the story? He passed a fruitless fig tree. He cursed the tree. And the next day, the disciples passed by and saw the tree was withered. It was then that Jesus gave that encompassing promise, the whoever and whatever, whoever believes shall have whatever they ask for. That is the worth of faith. By the way, this only gets accentuated the deeper you go into the promises approaching Calvary. We leap from Matthew to John, and the final four promises are found in John's gospel. In the final hours of the Lord's earthly life, he makes some promises to his disciples. The third is the authority of the name, John 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will it. When we pray, we are coming in the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I need to know that. We're not coming in our own name. We approach heaven with the name that punches through every sky of brass, the name that has all power and authority. We're halfway through with the six things we need to know about prayer. Here's the fourth one, life in Christ. Jesus said in John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. This is in the greatest fruit bearing chapter of the Bible, that if we abide in Christ, if our life is in him, we will bear much fruit and we ask what we desire and it shall be done for us. Then here's the fifth one. It's the strength of divine appointment. In John 15, You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. God chose you. God appointed you for this very hour. You and I are under divine appointment. We are ambassadors in this outpost of the earth. We carry the authority of our sovereign. He commissioned us. He chose us. He appointed us. We are not acting in our own authority. We're acting in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. What that means is when you pray, when you speak those words, they are not your words. They are the words that God has placed within your mouth. What a promise that is in prayer. And then here's the sixth and final thing that you should know, or Jesus felt you should know before he left earth. And that's the hope of joy. In John 16, he said, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. That the Lord wants you to not only have eternal life in the life to come, the life beyond this earth, 
but he wants you to have that abundant life right now in the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Ask. And when you ask, anticipate that it will be answered and your joy will be full. Thomas Merton once asked, what is the use of praying? If at the very moment of prayer, we have so little confidence in God that we are busy planning our own kind of answer to our prayer. No, we have to approach the Lord in prayer with the assurance that God is going to see us through. It was Fanny Crosby who wrote Blessed Assurance. She was visiting a prison in Manhattan, had spoken to the prisoners there, and as she was leaving, she heard a prisoner praying. And he said, God, don't pass me by. And from that came that beautiful song, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Oh, I love that. The Lord will not pass you by. In the closing days of the Lord's earthly ministry, he gave a sixfold assurance that if we will open our heart and open our mouth, he will give us the power of agreement, the worth of faith, the authority of that name, life in Christ, strength of a divine appointment, and the full hope of joy. That should encourage us to cry out on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is standing ready to answer your prayer. God bless you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.